Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. All right, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me back. Well, this conversation was completely inspired by me overhearing a conversation that you have. I don't know if people know, but our setup at home is very much the same as what we are right now. You and I sit across the desk from each other. Our computer monitors are back to back, so we can't see each other's faces, but we can definitely hear every sigh, every conversation. Um, Anything we know is happening, and sometimes I have to peek my my head around that monitor whenever I think. Did he really just say did that? Did he really just yeah, say yeah. that? <laughs> what is he promising someone? Or that is not how that went at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's good having you as like my uh, playback. Um, like, what did I promise? <laughs> what did I, you know, commit to on that side? And the, the same thing. Sometimes I wish you weren't there because you're like, that is not going to be a good client. And I'm just like looking for the sale. So yeah, those are, <laughs> yes. those are the fun conversations whenever you sit across from one another. Obviously we can't see each other most of the day because we have two big monitors in between us, but uh, yeah, it makes for an interesting day for sure. So that conversation that I was listening to was with a current client and he mentioned it was it just like sparked my interest as soon as he said it he said you know used to we could run the business kind of any way we wanted to and the mistakes we made along the way didn't really matter but in this economy now we can't afford to make those mistakes and so i really felt that hard i feel like we are experiencing that with dba right now or over this past year that really the things we spend our time and our money on matter so much more than maybe they did a year or two ago. Yeah, I I think you're spot on. So that was a great conversation with that client to just help them think through, is it the right time to sell this business? What do we need to do to prepare the business for sale? what hard decisions need to be made in the interim to improve the bottom line. And that's honestly everything that we work through on a daily basis, kind of where we're at. So um, it's funny, we're coming out of this economy, you know, it's early 2023. We're actually in Q2 of 2023. Um, You're kind of business owners are kind of coming out of this hangover of being able to be bad business owners and still be successful, still achieve growth. Um, life is coming at them really, really fast where they're having to make hard decisions on people and different expenses in the business. And some are reacting appropriately and some are not. Um, so that's just, that's where we've been, um, you know, where growth is not always promised and you do things the right way and sometimes you grow for the sake of growth and we're coming out of the season where um, we could not outgrow our problems is what I've been saying to uh, myself in the mirror and then obviously others uh, who will listen so 
you have to to fix the problems before maybe you're given the opportunity to grow again. You know, it just comes back to being good stewards of what uh, we've been given in the business and then both in life. And so as far as the economy coming out of a strong economy, everything, um, COVID happens and the, the, the kind of printing presses turn on as far as cash for these businesses. So you have people that were really, they were bad business owners kind of before COVID, but then they got another two to three years of runway with cash. Um, some of them went into debt to get that cash, which is really bad. And now that those programs have dried up, now that cash is a little harder to acquire given the interest rates and banking that um, situation that we're in, you have to make the actual hard conversations or actual hard decisions about where was that cash going or where did it go because it's no longer there. And some of those bad business owners on the front end of that are maybe even worse off because they've gone further into debt or uh, acquired different things that they can't get out of as easily. And so we're seeing some of that right now uh, in 2023. And and I think that 2023, maybe even 2024 will kind of be the, uh, you know, you think about just the clearing of the fields, uh, you know, and the strong survive and things like that, which is all cyclical. It's all part of life. It's part of business. And there will be opportunities in that for strong business owners. And yeah, it's, you got to be on your game more now than ever. Uh, this economy is not forgiving. So, yeah, I know that for us in DBA, ERC and PPP allowed us to do some experiments and we only had so long with those extra funds or that little bump to let those experiments play out. So they either had to be successful or we had to turn them off. And so that's kind of what we're doing now. So besides not having that uh, ERC or PVP or any uh, government supplied extra funding coming in, what are some other things that are causing this to be a hard economy for I won't label us as bad business owners. I won't even put that label on anyone else, but for maybe somebody who's not being super careful with their business. The economy, you've got, you do have um, contraction right now where there's just not as much growth, not as much opportunity nationwide. We, We are very fortunate to be in Texas and we are very fortunate to be in the area of Texas that is very fast growing. So we still have local opportunities, but even that like our footprint really is Texas and we can serve people across state lines. So you see this contraction, you see some saturation in certain business, certain industries where maybe there's not a need for a dentist on every corner. And, you know, it's just, you run out of your, you know, you run out of a certain number of customers or patients or clients and there's just not that need. Maybe you had some wrong expectations when you started the business and those are changing pretty fast. Um, on the medical side, we see compression with insurance reimbursements. That is not going away. That started a long time ago. You have changes there. The insurance company is always going to be profitable. So they're looking out for themselves first. And the same with different industries, whether it's pharmacy, we see that the drug suppliers want to remain profitable, what that means for the small locally owned pharmacist in that situation is is not good. So you either have to 
to get to your same gross profit or even your net profit, you have to increase volume a lot of times because you're making less on gross profit. So you have to increase revenue. And at what cost is it going to take to increase revenue? And so those are those are some of the pieces that in the past really three to five years, it was really easy. It was easier. I don't want to, I need to qualify that. It was easier to go out and acquire a new business. It didn't cost as much. And now we're just seeing a different story kind of develop. Yeah, I would, yeah, totally agree. It just costs more to do business from supply chain and inflation, um, <laughs> rising prices of absolutely everything. It just costs more. And so I think we have to be, you know, really mindful of that. Um, another area is technology that people have to pay attention to. And so you want to talk a little bit about just how yeah. being mindful of technology is really important as well. Well, technology, um, if you pay attention to the things that we do, technology is always the, um, the hope that things will get better, that things will change. You have to do your own research and due diligence to figure out how you're going to use technology in your business and what your technology budget should be because you can take risks on technology and experiment all day long. And that's, that's a form of cash burn every day. And if you don't turn off that technology after you're good with that experiment ending, you're just wasting money. Essentially, you're not going to get that back. And all the new technologies that are coming out with AI, ChatGPT, everything there, that landscape is continuing to change. How you embrace that um, in your business will impact the future. And so I don't think AI or ChatGPT is necessarily going to replace like our industry, like accountants, um, if you embrace the technology. ChatGPT uh, and AI will replace accountants that choose not to embrace technology. And so the other piece with, um, with just technology and infrastructure costs and everything like that, growth, I, I heard this this morning, growth creates complexity and complexity stifles growth. And so you have to be really clear on trying to keep things as simple as possible moving forward. And we're working through this oh, daily. Where, where have daily. you heard that besides I, on podcasts and reading? Oh, man. So Rachel loves to tell me simple. I told you so. So, um, But you, you look up one day, and, and we're going through this, and it's like, I don't even know how to work inside my own business anymore. I can't make these <laughs> updates because I need 30 different logins. And why do we have this program that also does this and that? And so it can get, it can get slippery real, real fast. And that's where you just have to come back to setting a budget. What's a, an appropriate percentage of spend of top line revenue to spend on technology or hardware or whatever, and let that drive your decision, not emotion. And if, Top line revenue is contracting, something's got to go or net profit is going to contract. And so as top line revenue is not able to grow at the same pace that we've seen the past few years, if you want to remain profitable at the same level that you've been, you have to be really quick to cut costs. And we have... It's, it's easier to focus on top line revenue strategy and grow business and things like that. 
right now in this economy, you have to give just as much attention to expense reduction. And you see that on the national level with with companies that over hired people and now they're experiencing layoffs and things like that. Um, a lot of times that first, second, third round is low performers or people that just they don't have a place in the business for the near future. And the business owner has to make a decision or board we're going to forego growth and what those people meant to us because we have to write the ship and that expense re reduction is is key right now yeah absolutely and even for us in our business where our clients are other businesses we are also concerned with the technology that does replace the need for some small businesses that kind of makes them obsolete and unable to thrive because technology has taken on what they traditionally have provided. And so I know kind of both sides, one rising costs and not fully utilizing technologies that you have or not keeping the current the technologies that you have current so that they can continue to do um, they do what you want them to do but also just businesses either going out of businesses or selling they're no longer our clients so we have to you know replace that churn somehow mm -hmm. so that's another area that we look at technology. Yeah. And there's threats every day. So you look at, um, ortho, um, practices and smile direct club was seen as a threat. Now smile direct club is really not a threat for our best, uh, doctors just because that business is relationship driven uh, a lot of times. And it's proven that it's been relationship driven. You do have, some people that will opt into a smile direct club or some type of non uh, relationship arrangement but we've seen now and smile direct club did go public and has gone down in value so much that it's uh, like a lot of the groups that we pay attention to are laughing at it you know honestly just because it came in with such high hopes and it's just fallen pretty fast um, to show that in certain industries, people, the, in, the end user, the patient, the customer prefers doing it a certain way. So those are the pieces where even technology, it may pose a threat, but it needs to be um, kind of given enough time to really see if it does pan out um, or not. So Yeah. And then one more area where small businesses really can't afford to become complacent or make mistakes or ignore is their team. Um, so we all know the challenges of hiring and retaining good team members, even now finding credentialed um, or skilled team members for whatever your business industry might be. And so uh, that's another area where maybe before you didn't place a lot of thought or value into taking care of your team or even attracting new team members. That's another area that businesses kind of have to change and look at how they're kind of giving priority to that. Yeah. I, th I think you need to reflect on what your goals are and what your mission and vision when you set out to start the business or have that changed along the way and who you've got kind of bought into that and who you're called to serve. Um, you know, some people may look 
look up and see, oh, I've created a team of 30 people and I really don't have a relationship with any of those 30 people or the clients that we serve. And, and that's not what I set out to build. And so there may be some of that realization like this isn't what we wanted to create and now we need to correct the path to get back to what we create. And some people, it's okay to ser- to fully serve a smaller client base and to sm- fully serve a smaller team if that's what you feel you're called to do and you can connect fully with those relationships. Um, so a lot of that is being driven and we talked about this last night a little bit with even in our industry, we've been told it's still today. It's such a tight labor market. Um, we even even us, we were hanging on to or taking chances on team members that really didn't fit or really weren't the best uh, for what we were doing because we were so afraid that we wouldn't be able to find another team member or we were so afraid that, a person was eventually going to leave. So whenever your hiring strategy or whenever your growth strategy is out of a place of fear, um, that's not a good spot. And so we kind of came to this realization, like it's not doing a service to that person. It's not doing a service to us as owners or anybody else on the team to really be in that mindset and you kind of have to get back into this place of building a really strong team supporting them with really strong culture and really fully caring for that team and knowing what they're going through and being able to adjust along the way and also reward them for for doing great work and i would much rather have a smaller team that is getting rewarded like overpaying a really small team versus not being able to do that because we're carrying other people who aren't performing at the same level as others. So those are some of the decisions we've had to make. We're reworking that and what it looks like. And, you know, we've also seen some efficiencies through technology and through team structure that we're able to make some of these moves, but ultimately it kind of gets you back to, okay, why, you know, why did we start this? What were the changes that have been presented along the way? And if we did make mistakes, like, own those mistakes. You know, as a leader, you have to own that and, you know, fall on the sword and be like, okay, that, that is truly my mistake. We didn't end the experiment fast enough, or we ran out of runway. We just didn't get to that. And that kind of goes back to where, um, as a business owner, especially supporting, uh, cultivating a small team that's going to small, that's going to serve small businesses. If you, if you can't define, um, how you want to operate, what you want that person's day to look like, you really need to back up and question a lot of things. So, yeah. And just on the side of people who are maybe struggling to retain or attract new team members, I think that's a really simple question that could be asked is if you were looking for a place to work, would you want to work in your business. And so that is something that we have talked about from the beginning, from when I actually came on and started with the business, leaving one profession and and transferring over to another. And so really thinking about that for each of our team members that we have hired, that we have nurtured over the years is, if it were me, would I 
want to work there? Would, would, would you want my boss to talk to me in this way or to not allow me to do certain things or have the flexibility to give the grace when it's needed? All of those types of things is really comes down to just that simple question of would, would I want to work in this business? Because if not, it's real easy to put your head down and do work and say, well, I'm paying. I give bonuses. I buy dinner when we have to work, you know, longer hours. But still, (laughs) day in and day out, is the mission worthy? Is the compensation good? Is the culture somewhere that you would want to spend the majority of your days? If it's not, that needs to be assessed first and then go back out and make the efforts for finding the new team. Yeah, and I think, you know, speaking from personal experience, the season we're coming out of now, um, you know, we had these revenue marks in our mind where it was like if we could only get to – 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, whatever that number is for whatever business is listening to this, then it all will just work out. And you're not guaranteed to make it to that next revenue mark. You're not guaranteed to make it to that goal. So that's the piece where you really have to reflect on um, who's on that journey with you. And the other thing that has been oversold the last few years, and I don't want to go too far into this on my soapbox is um, the fact that growth is good has been oversold. And the emphasis on growth being the end-all, be-all of your business and the value that your business is, isn't necessarily true. And you have to kind of remove yourself out of that growing at the sake of growth mindset, um, especially when it's top-line revenue. Net profit is great. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like that's that's the one you need to focus on. But if you get in this mindset and people either outside of your business or people that you look up to are saying that you need to grow your business because of the value that it would bring or the value that it would create because you grow to a certain mark, the only way that you can exercise that value is to sell your business. And are you ready for that? And so I think those are the pieces that maybe in time you go through a growth season and you get to that next revenue mark and it will bring about certain things upon a succession event or an exit. But in the interim, if profit isn't there and your top line is growing, like you really have to think through what is the strategy in this short-term and long-term. And if it's more of a, we're okay sacrificing profit in the short term to get to a long-term value for some type of event, do you have enough cash to sustain yourself during that short-term cash crunch and not necessarily cash in the business, but personal, you know, cause people have personal expenses, especially small business owners. They need that profit to bring home to the bottom line, uh, the bottom line to come home. So I think those are the pieces that no matter where we're at in this economy, growth may stall. You may go from a double digit growth to a single digit growth and maybe that's okay as long as profit is stable or even profit is growing for you and the people you care about on this journey. Yeah, I think this has been an excellent conversation. What would you leave listeners with that feel kind of the pressure of the change in economy right now in their small business? Focus on what, like, focus on what you can control. So you don't need to worry about politics or wars that may not exist or tax legislation that may not get passed. Uh, There's so much 
to occupy yourself with fear wise, you have to boil it down to what is in your control and what small moves can you make in your business, in your daily life to impact the success of your business or the success of your life. And so those are the pieces that people think outside of themselves really, really fast, but they don't they don't as easily come back to what's in their control. So start with what's in your control. Um, are there things that you're doing that can easily be done by somebody else so that you can focus on higher production activities, higher value activities to draw growth to the business and to your bottom line? So that, that's the season that we're in, you know, um, in the economy like, like we're in today, you either double down on growth, which means you have to have a, a longer runway of cash flow to grow through the pain or you get really small and get really lean to survive the storm. And either of those is great, but you just have to choose. You can't keep operating like you've always done. Absolutely. And I think once you've, once you've decided which direction you're going to go is really assessing what products and services are you paying for that you don't need or aren't helping you thrive and really only keeping the things that are helping your business thrive. So even if it's a spend, that's fine as long as it's helping you thrive. But all of these things that we had the luxury maybe of having in the past, those things need to be looked at closely and evaluated of, is this really taking my business further or do I have to have this to stay open? And if not, it just needs to be cut. Yeah, for sure. And don't discount some of those things like your accounting team. Like we're really important <laughs> uh, in good times and bad. Uh, the same goes you for... You really need us to help you evaluate which of yeah. those things are yeah. necessary and not. A lot of times there's a lot of emotion when you're looking at those things. You you started paying for those things for a reason. And yeah. so a lot of times, yeah, having an outside person who is a little unbiased and has a little experience in what's important and critical for a business to thrive, that's important to have Yeah, the, the easiest things to cut are, are growth, like marketing and advertising. And those may be detrimental to your business on the other side of all this. So having a plan, discussing it with trusted advisors and mentors. Um, so yeah, your accounting team is really important. That's dear, that's dear to our heart. So uh, make sure you leave some budget for them. Uh, and then also for therapy, if you found that <laughs> along the way too, you still need a therapist to kind of guide you through uh, all the emotion that will probably come uh, as a result of the choices you make. I think by the end of season two, we're going to get you hooked up into some type of, of therapy. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> we, so. we, we've been um, this is slow, slowly. And now Noah's here. Yeah, <laughs> we've so. been slowly integrating that into conversation, pushing it out. Uh, power of suggestion, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, and I'll see you on the next. All right. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.